Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today, I have two special guests. This is our first duo podcast, you guys. I'm excited about this. We have Zan Ray and Tom Collins. They are an amazing duo who specialize in igniting the power, passion, and strength of couples in business. And we were chatting before we hit record about how much I can relate to being a couple in the beauty industry. So welcome, both of you. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank for you having for having us. us. We're so excited about being here. Thank you, Elaine. You're so welcome. So Zan, um, Mary Wilson had said to me, Elaine, you have to connect with Zan. You girls have so much in common. You have to get together. So I reached out to you and asked you to be my guest. And we're actually meeting for the first time on this podcast, which is exciting. Yes. Um, I know that you have been in the industry for a long time. Um, I know that you've worn many hats in the industry and now you, along with Tom, are helping other people who are in the, in the industry, which is a true gift because we all struggle in some way along our path in the industry. So tell me how it all started with the two of you. Well, um, I have been, well, first of all, I've been in the industry uh, over 40 years and um, worked behind the chair until about four years ago. And I retired my shears and I started coaching probably 35 years ago. And now that is my complete passion, my everything that I do. And uh, Tom and I've been together working together for about the last 15 years. And he, he brings so much value to uh, our coaching in that he's a hashtag numbers guy. Mm-hmm. And, and so all of the, all of the numbers that um, I've created, he's put them all together in spreadsheets and make them a really workable way for hairdressers to keep their numbers and, um, you know, daily track their numbers so as soon as you as soon as you said spreadsheet as soon as you said the word spreadsheet i immediately got hives that is my oh i really as soon as it's on that block and there's those lines and those columns and i've taken so many classes on it my my dear friend donna does fierce financials and she you know had me take one of her classes and I was fine with everything until the spreadsheet came up and I had to start filling it in. And I always go over the line. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing with it. So God bless Tom. There's always one person that has to be the numbers person, but I I understand how important knowing your numbers is. So by avoiding it, I wasn't getting away with it. I was just avoiding things that really mattered and made a difference. Yeah. Okay, so uh, in dealing with the numbers, they are extremely important because that's the data that you use to evaluate your business. And what we've done here in combining our strengths, like we say, 
the passion, the power, and the strength of couples working in business together. We have, we have meshed our strengths and our passion and our power together to allow the individual hairdresser, the salon owner, to be able to collect easily their data and then the spreadsheets, sort that data, collect it, sum it up, put it into a readable dashboard so that the salon owner and the independent can at a glance see where their business is going, where it's been and project what can be done to move it into the future, into a greater revenue situation, a greater profit situation and a greater uh, owner's compensation and draw compensation so that they can take more money out of their company and it still be viable and support itself. And that's where we look at all the numbers, all the existing numbers, and for whatever is available for us when we go in and talk with, with the salon owners or the independents. And, and then we begin collecting a database so that over about a 90-day period, we can see what's happening with that mm -hmm. company and with that business and be able to help the owner project how to increase their revenue and increase their profit. And one of the big things that we do is we counsel on going up on their prices because the internal value of a person mm -hmm. is directly related to how much they charge. So we build their worth, their internal strength to be able to take that next step and increase their revenue, increase their profits and increase their self-esteem. I love that so much because I believe that the industry is so stuck on pricing and there's so much you know, it's too far of a span between, you know, the people that are struggling to have, you know, their bills met that $25,000 a year hairdresser who's barely staying afloat and can't even feed their yes. family. Mm -hmm. And then there's people charging 1500, 2000, like exorbitant fees for color, you know, corrective color services. There has to be somewhere in the middle. We have to bring some up and bring some down a little bit to sustain yes. a business like that. Um, so yes. when you well, get involved with a business, are you holding someone like me who's allergic to spreadsheets? Are you holding their hand as far as getting that set up initially where they're so far out of their comfort zone? Because, you know, most hairstylists, unfortunately, live paycheck to paycheck and tips become invisible money that goes to Starbucks. Yes. Um, so, so what's the initial setup when you guys come in to save the day? Well, you know, I, I let me answer this really quick okay. because, um, I was, I was like what you were talking about when I saw a spreadsheet and Tom introduced me to it. I was like, oh my God. And I had owned four hair salons, right? But I, the spreadsheets were just over my head. But little by little, he introduced me in such a way. And Tom is a great teacher. He's a master teacher in a way that I could like understand it and I could stay within the lines and I could even make notes. And so I always say to our clients, listen, if I can do it, I know you can, because I'm just like you. I'm a hairdresser and I'm creative and I can make the money. I could, 
in the beginning, I would come home and I would throw the money, my receipts, my everything <laughs> in the middle of the table and say same, to Tom, okay, <laughs> here, here, do, do something with us. <laughs> yeah. How much should I do today? Right. And um, so, yeah, he is so good about setting um, our clients up and helping them to understand the why of this spreadsheet. And he holds her hand all the way through till all of a sudden one day they say, I love this thing. And so then we know we have like, you know, really got them immersed. Amazing. And what happens too with the pricing is people have a set number in their mind of what they would pay for a hair service. And right. it becomes, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy of this price increase. They tend to stay in what they would think as a consumer yes. is a fair price for their work. They're not taking into consideration years of experience, how much education they go to. And on the flip side, there's some that aren't going to education and they're yes. not bettering themselves. Yes. So there should be a disparity in pricing, but it shouldn't be so extreme where people are so sitting in a price for 15 plus years afraid to, you know, increase their pricing. So I, I see it. I'm so much more aware of it now after 35 years being in the industry and coaching people up with me, you yes. know, whenever a stylist would be warranting, you know, a raise or a change in schedule or any type of reward, it was almost like you were punishing them when you raise their price because yes. they didn't want to deal with, and I'm doing air quotes. I know this is a podcast, but they didn't want to deal with the backlash of clients. But if you spin it in a way that you say to your client, I just got, a, a, you know, an upgrade in my title, you know, I've, I'm doing such a great job and I've, I've gone to so many educational events that they're elevating my prices to reward me and I'm getting a raise. No client is going to be upset about that. They're going to congratulate you and be proud that you're their stylist. But I yeah. think so many people have a hard time seeing that. So Tom, what comes first? The aha of the money of, oh crap, I'm not charging enough or the organization of getting the numbers together to even know that they're not charging enough. Okay, the, the first step is to see if, they are really familiar with even using spreadsheets. So what in most instances I do is I take, I send them the spreadsheets and we work on Google Sheets so that I see what they're doing and they see what I'm doing. So it's a hands-on instruction and then working with them week after week until they get comfortable enough that they can view this as a tool that's in their tool belt as opposed to something they just have to do. Mm -hmm. They get to the point where they see the value of it. And one of those things that we start with the grassroots is, is we have a daily, weekly revenue tracker. And we have seven days. And then it's a summary section at the end of those seven days. And it tracks their revenue, their ongoing revenue based against what they want to do for the week and shows them well, let's see, I've got some holes here on Wednesday. So I'm going to call some people that are on my wait list. And I want to fill that in because I'm still short $200 off of my uh, goal for the week. So then that that is a win-win for them because they see the contrary yeah. validation mm -hmm. that 
they actually can control their destiny on their business. So the second part of that is, is uh, once they get familiar with that, then we move on to the salon cash flow spreadsheet. And what that one does is it keeps a running track on their ongoing profit for the month for their business. Okay, and this is more so geared to a salon owner or an independent as opposed to a person that is on commission. We have another aspect of it where we have a companion spreadsheet that we help them track their personal expenses as well. So we're teaching them from ground zero all the way up until they can feel comfortable enough with forecasting what they want to do in the future and knowing what they must do in order to get there. So I, I hold their hand and the big thing is, is being able to show them while they're on the spreadsheet with me so that they get a hands-on application and then it becomes theirs. And then we have the accountability because every week we say, what is your daily weekly revenue tracker say for this week? What did it say last week? Okay. So, uh, you know, we hold them accountable and they may not like that, but that's our job is to make them successful. It's sometimes a little painful, you know, because they, they know they need to do it. They know they must do it. And yet it's that fear factor that shows up and we work through whatever limiting belief that is, we identify it and we see if it's true. And if it isn't true, then we blast it out of there and replace it with empowering beliefs because that's, that's so empowering when you realize that this big issue over here, this belief has been standing in your way of you taking the next step to the next level of your career. And then, and to raise your prices. And, and she mentioned that because she led exactly into what I was going to say. So let's talk about raising our prices. So what we do with our clients on the very first uh, couple of uh, sessions that we have with them, we get their prices or existing prices because we know they all need to go up. We know that already. We've got enough experience to know that. Even if they've just raised their prices, we find that they're only doing it by one or two dollars. Mm -hmm. We know that that's not, that's not even enough. So what we do is I go ahead and, and do a spreadsheet again. I put all their existing services, all their existing prices, and then we, we go in and we increase their prices really 25% and then rake it back on down to where they get a comfort level because we can lead them to the trough, but they have to drink. So we tell them, this is how much more you can make. So getting it down on paper, getting those numbers down is an eye opener, an aha moment for them. Oh my God, I could make this more money. And I love that. And you're showing them that it's up to them. You know, people, especially the, the commission stylist mm -hmm. tends to, well, I, it's up to my boss. I don't have, you know, I've gotten that excuse in my own. I do hair color coaching. And yes. I'll say, oh my gosh, you need to raise those. But, well, I can't, it's not my salon. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know a single owner that would, you know, say no to you raising your prices. That's exactly. not a good business owner if they're going to say no, because 
if it's warranted and there's supply and demand issues, if you have a wait list, it's a no brainer. But I, I can imagine both of you, Zan and Tom, could both at the same time say the number one excuse that you hear about raising prices, because I imagine it's across the board in our industry, because it has to be, because it's too much of a chronic issue to not be that similar for everyone to have that feeling. So what would you say, I know it's mindset, but what would you say is like the statement that they make initially, like, oh, I can't because blank. I will lose all of my clients. And to, to counter that, we have industry standards that generally tend to indicate they would lose maybe a maximum of 10% of their clients. And the 10% that comes back is far overshadowing the money that they think they're going to lose. Yeah, that's, that's probably, that is the number one. When um, the number one issue, it is the one thing that they always say. Uh, Tom and I've taught at IBS, uh, New York and Las Vegas and numerous other uh, hair shows. And in our classes, that is the number one thing that they say. No, I can't, I can't, I can't because I'll lose all my clients. And I say, I have never seen anyone lose all of their clients ever. Ever, yeah, I agree. Ever, so. So on the other side of that limiting belief is light, is prosperity, and is, oh my God, I can do it. You know, that's the aha moment. Yeah. Now, what is the secret sauce that you, utilize to push them over from fear to action? What would you say is like the sweet spot of getting them to trust you enough? Because, you know, there's always that thought as a coach in your mind, you know, if I coach someone in a color situation, I say, oh, definitely do this. I'm like, oh, please work out because I will feel <laughs> awful if it doesn't. <laughs> so when you're talking about someone's paycheck, that's, you know, as or equally scary as well. Yes. And, and, you know, there are there are those moments where, you know, we're, we're like going, okay, so just hold on tight, hold on tight, because you've got to get past this little hump. You've got to get past the four weeks. You've got to get past the six weeks. If you'll just hold on and we're going to hold your hand and we're going to show you how this formula really works, then when they do that, then, you know, the gate opens and they see this amazing percent of increase in their revenue. All right, so we're gonna give you a little bit more of the secret sauce here. Okay, here okay. it comes. Part of the secret sauce is again, that spreadsheet. And I share that with them on Google Sheets so they actually see the numbers. And then Zan works with them to say, okay, well, if we can't go up 25%, let's go up 10 this next month. And then in six months, let's go up another 15. Another, yeah. You know, so we'll stair-step it. So we yeah. work with them that way. The other part of the secret sauce is, is that we stay with them on a weekly basis. And if they, and we tell them at the very front, we are here to make, to help you be successful. We can't make it successful. We can certainly be a support for you. And we are as near as our text. If you are having a, um, a moment that you need, my God, what do I do now? Then text us. We're here. Yeah, we have we have um, also an offering of quick calls. And those are like, oh, gosh, I need to talk to you just a minute. 
and we're readily available for those, which makes it really easy because, you know, some coaches you can't get in touch with. Right. If it's not your time, you don't get to talk to them. And another feature we put into our agreement is that if you do not see progress within the first 30 days of coaching with us, and it and coaching with us is intense. We're, we are not looking for people that are not committed. No tire kickers. <laughs> no, no tire kickers. None. You know, I'm going to try this. Well, no. I don't know about that. So anyway, when uh, we have an agreement with them and we get the first month's uh, deposit, if after 30 days they don't see any, they don't see progress, if they do everything we say and they don't see progress, right. we know this is not going to happen. But we have a 30-day money-back guarantee. They'll get all their money back. That's amazing. Now, I know a lot of coaches in the space have conflicting advice on how to implement the increase. For me, I've had a salon for 32 years. I've done hair for 35 years. I've tried it all. You know, back in the back in the horse and buggy days, yes. we had to send a written letter in the mail letting them know. And then it became a postcard. Then it became an email. Then it was a sign on the mirror. And now, honestly, I say to the staff, you're getting a raise. This is how much your price is going up. Have a conversation with your clients before they leave on this visit, that the next visit, it will be blank. We don't do a parade balloons, a big announcement. And I see such differences with different coaches. You know, there's coaches that say you absolutely have to put it in writing. It has to be six weeks advance. So for your particular brand, how do you recommend that they do it? Or do you leave it up to them? Well, we, we have a conversation about it and we want we want comfortable ability, right? <laughs> we want them to be able to um, feel really comfortable in their decision so that when we get them to their price increase, they're like chomping at the bit to do it, right? And um, so we say, so how do you want to do this? What have you done in the past? What do you feel the most comfortable with? And they may say, well, I want to do a newsletter. So a lot of times they haven't done a newsletter in a good while. And we say, okay, you're going to talk about what you're doing at your company, what, you're, what new things you're bringing in and, and the celebration of that and how you've, you know, you're making things really great for them. And yes, there will be a price increase. So that's one thing. If they're feeling comfortable in doing that, then we, we want that comfortable for them. That builds confidence in yes. their conversation yes. with their client. And another feature in this is that we want them to, to stand in their own power mm -hmm. and not be badgered by their client because the hairdresser is the professional. I, I give an analogy, you go to the doctor you know, you don't complain about his doctor's prices going up, you know, because he is a professional. You went to him because, him or her, because you know they're professional, they know what they're doing, and you're seeking a solution to your problem. It's the very same with the hair business and with the hairdresser. They are the professional. The client is not. So the hair dressing professional needs to act like their professional. Here's the prescription to fix this situation. And I want you to apply this 
two times a day and then come back to me in four weeks. And if you have problems, give me a call. So have you found one way or the other to be uh, less painful for the stylist or owner to implement? You know, we haven't. We have some who place it on their mirror. That was how I used to do it, you know, back in the day. And uh, even my last one, my last price increase before I retired my shears, I just put a notice on the mirror. And, and that is an easy way. You can also have a conversation with your client. I think the conversation with the client has to happen. It can't be a surprise. I don't, yeah, I I don't like surprises. You know, whether it's $5 or 10, I still think that it is important for we hairdressers to stand in our power and say, this is what I charge for my work. So Ooh. let me ask you, Zan, after 40 years, what was your retiring price of your haircut? Well, my retiring price was $500 for a haircut. And glass, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I worked hard to get there. And, I was hoping that you would say that. I, I, if you would have said $45, I think I would have burst into tears because so many people spend their whole career at that level and, and retire with yes. nothing to show for it, yes. except for the aches and pains and the arthritis and the bad knees and knee replacements and all the other stuff. Yes. And, and I charged $500 for my colors. And so my tickets were um, 1000 and sometimes more. And here's the other thing that I want to tell you that I made sure that I, I charged every one man, woman, children, $500 for their haircut, because it was about the experience that I created being with them all. So I didn't discriminate. So let's go back to the, the price increase here. The price increase is not something that the professional needs nor must justify. It is a fact, okay? Mm -hmm. The thing that's under undergirding that is that every time you increase the price for your services, you bump up the value of the service yeah, that gotta, you give. You've got to create a brand new guest experience. Right. It is so important. And, and it doesn't have to be elaborate. It can be as small as, you know, chocolates on, a, on, on the robes, you know, folded up. It could be a little independent bag for each client, right? That shows that we care about you and this is how we are keeping everything sanitized. Absolutely. It comes in this bag for you and it or it could be an upgraded shampoo quality yes. shampoo. and zan does have a class on that and every time she gives that man the clients and the hairdressers are blown out of the water because it is an experience now when people listening to this podcast here five hundred dollars i know because i always listen to podcasts on the treadmill the first question is going to be well she's probably in beverly hills california so where were you because people always blame location for yes. higher prices and yes. nothing else yes yeah. so i was in austin texas and the, i want there's another piece that i want to say about this i also did not receive tips i a long oh, time ago, I became a non-gratuity salon. Zan Ray Salon was the first non-gratuity salon. 
probably in the state of Texas or a lot of other states, because we saw the value of charging a good price for our work and it not to be about how much they could tip us extra. Because I have the, the feeling that if you're gonna tip me $50, then you know that my work is worth $50 more. more. I agree. Right? Yeah. I've often thought about it, but I thought once you have a, a staff and they're used to getting those gratuities because the, the biggest discovery for me was when a fellow colorist that worked next to me was out sick and I went in on my day off to see her clients. And because I was the owner, you know how that goes, the old school, like, oh, we don't tip you, you're the owner. So I had no idea the amount of gratuities that these girls were, you know, raking in, especially holiday time. Well, to your, to your point about the pile of cash on the table, I came home that day with so much, so <laughs> many more tips than I've ever gotten in my entire life. And it was one day in her world, she was a lower price point than me. Yeah. color and I was honoring her prices so they were getting the bargain right there right and the gratuities were like way beyond 20 percent and I was just floored by that because I see their their w2 and I know how much they make you know overall salary wise but when I was like whoa that's a whole other income and I agree with you I think it takes a lot of pressure off the client because they're always, should I do 15%? I don't want to insult her. I thought the service was great, but her ticket's a little higher. So 20% seems like more than I want to spend. Oh, and now I have to tip the shampoo girl who did my shampoo. I have to tip the girl that, you know, handed me the robe or whatever. They feel right. like they're- And rough dried me. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me say something about that. The- uh, you had an aha moment when you brought home all that cash and put it on the bed, right? Or wherever you table. put it on the table. And uh, and you said, oh my God, that's another stream of income. Exactly. The IRS used that as a stream of income. So, you know, if you're ever audited, if, if the hairdressers are ever audited and they're asked, you know, do you get tips? Well, they're either going to have to say yes or no. And if they are getting tips, uh, then they need to pay tax on it because it is another stream of revenue. And we want to be uh, operating with transparency, professionalism, and most of all, integrity. Absolutely. And I'm sure you've discovered with being consultants, I think the new um, suite model and the booth rent versus solo suite versus commission versus all this 1099 nonsense. There's so many misappropriated titles of employees. Yes. And I think that what happened with COVID was a lot of people were stuck because they weren't set up properly. And then they were not receiving the proper support that everybody was getting from the government because we were told we couldn't do business. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that you to run across is these gray areas of, well, she's a booth renter, but I don't collect rent from her. I pay her 1099, but I don't match her taxes. There's all of this going on that really has, I think, ruined our industry in a way yes. because it's a false sense of income. You know, yes. they, they think they make less than they do right. um, because they're not tracking it. So I love yes. that you're educating people because let's face it, 
beauty school couldn't even get all of the things in that we need it from exactly. a practical skill set perspective. Mm-hmm. There's not enough hours for that, let alone the whole business piece. So I know that people listening, I could talk to the two of you forever, but I know that the people listening are going to want to know how do they reach out to you? How do they get started with you? What type of programs do you have and how can they connect with the both of you? Wow, that's a lot of information wow. to give to you. Wow. <laughs> okay, we're going to bring it then. All right, here we go. Zan, how do they get in contact so, with us? So we have a website, and it is elevatingmybusiness.com. We also have Instagram, and it is elevate underscore your, Y-O-U-R, underscore business. And that also connects to our Facebook. So you're in all the places doing all of the things. I'm proud of you. That's that's the biggest struggle for, for me doing this versus being behind the chair has been embracing technology. But how yeah. amazing for us to have this conversation and be looking at each other and spending time together when we never met in person. So I love I, know I love I love the ability of the technology. I just don't love when it doesn't behave itself. And I know we feel the same way. And and we also want to say that we do one-on-one coaching and we also have programs. We have um have courses, courses, and we also have a, a free one-hour consultation, so that they can call in, you know, and just talk to us and and see and, if we're fit. And that's a very generous up. free consultation, a full hour. That's very generous. Yes. Of you. Well, we is. also have written a book that is called "Scared to Raise Your Prices." Oh, I love it! And that's on Amazon. It's on Amazon on Kindle. Yes, and. We also support a nonprofit called Worth Up Alliance. And all of the proceeds from our books, our book goes to the Worth Up Alliance. And it is an organization, a nonprofit organization that um, helps hairdressers who are maybe opening up their first salon or uh, they might need some help along the way. If they qualify, then they uh, will receive support. And I love that. these are grants. And uh, the way it's set up so far is there's four different regions within the United States and uh, grants will be given to one worthy applicant. It is an application that's filled out to one worthy applicant so that uh, uh, they will get a grant. and. For our region, uh, the Southwest region, Zan and I are coaches for that person that gets that grant for a full year. Oh, nice. I like that. So I will add, um, for everyone listening, I will add all of those things to the show notes so that you have a way to get in touch with Zan and Tom. And thank you so much for your time. I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Keep elevating our industry. I want everyone to retire with Zan's $500 haircut. That's my Yes, I do too. Industry. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Let's work on that together, right? Absolutely. Yes, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I thank you both. And thank you everybody for listening. We will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, 
please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.